We talk camp, Big Ten expansion, and Davis is no longer invited to my birthday party. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. I apologize for absolutely nothing. Like, people do not understand how much this rivalry means. I'm talking complete devastation in Ann Arbor. And the Buckeyes are in the CFP. Can't say honking sausage on the air. What's up, Buckeye Nation? And welcome back to <laughs> Dotting the Eye with Davis and Jack. I'm usually the positive person, but that was hot garbage. Oh my God. I'm probably going to lose my freaking job. Dude, are you serious? That's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. I'm sorry, dude. This is not Michigan State. This is Ohio State. We either win or die trying. Go Bucks. OH. What's up, Buckeye Nation? And welcome to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. We are excited to be back on again. Um, dude, it's really weird to be recording you know, this many times in a row. It's like we're, we're on a roll all of a sudden. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, it's because we're finally in football season. I mean, I told you once August hits, man, that's when it feels like we're at the, you know, the beginning stretch of the race. You know, we're we're down, we're stretching, we're getting to the start line, we're getting ready for them to fire the pistol, and then off we go. And once the race happens, man, it flies by. So I'm trying to relish it and look forward to it. But at the same time, you know, I'm getting real impatient for September 2nd to get here. Oh, me too, man. I just constantly find myself you know, on Twitter, reading about, you know, reading about camp, reading about what's going on with the players and everything like that, and just foaming at the mouth for some action, dude. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to get this show on the road. Yeah, so the players have now moved into, uh, it's the hotel. Uh, I'm not sure what the hotel is across the way. I should probably done some more research on that. Most of you that know Ohio State know, you know, they kind of bunk up, and that's really the home, you know, the main chunk of, of the camp. They, they spend the rest of their time there. And, I mean, they're doing long days. They're up at probably 5 a.m., um, probably working as late till 10 p.m. I mean, they have long days over the next handful of weeks. But dude, did you happen to catch on uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes Facebook page, and I'm sure it was other places too, the spread that they put on for them the last day before camp? Yeah, started? with like with like the the crab legs, and they had like the, the Ohio crap. State O like carved in ice and stuff. Dude, I would kill a man in cold blood just to be invited. That's, that's in called the that, yeah. That's like their that's like the last dinner with someone that's on death row. Like Holy we know we're getting cow. ready to put you through hell. So we're going to go ahead and feed you one last time. And then, you know, you're mine for the next two and a half, three weeks. You know, what's funny is as you get older, like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, man, that's awesome. And it's like, kind of like that, uh, home alone meme that they talk about. Like as you get older, you think about what the hell did Peter McAllister have to do for a living to afford that house? You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> it's the kind of stuff. Yeah. You never thought about that as a kid and you grow up and I'm like, I mean, the taxes alone on a house like that in what Chicago? I'm like, that's a twenty bedroom house, like eight thousand square. <laughs> it's basically a small hotel. Yep, <laughs> is what they lived in. Oh man! All right, man. So, so, what have you been hearing about camp? So again, I, I'm getting my information obviously from others. I don't have well, we like, someone are, in the know, but I mean, things that I've heard is that Sunny Styles is really making an impression. I believe he is going to be a key piece of the defense this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jihad Carter is kind of stepping up the transfer from Syracuse. Uh, haven't really heard much from Igbenosin, uh, the transfer from Ole Miss. I kind of thought he was almost kind of penciled in as our other starting cornerback, 
but I haven't really seen his name much, so I'm not sure what's going on there. I kind of expected um, him to to see him in the slot this year. But and that um, may be it there too. And you know, they're also kind of fishing around for different roles for Sonny Styles. I even heard a comparison that he could be like um what was that really good linebacker for Clemson about five, six years ago? Isaiah something or other. But anyways, um there there's a lot of opportunities that you can have Sonny Styles play. So I think they're still toying with some different things. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I heard that the true freshman wide receivers are just showing out. Yeah. Like, like they're making plays left and right. And, you know, I, you're not going to unseed Marv and you're not going to unseed Emeka. But Julian Fleming, that number three role, it's pretty much, man, this is a grab bag up for that spot. I mean, you have Xavier Johnson, obviously, who had a, a key part in the offense last year. Julian Fleming, Jaden Ballard, who's waited his time. We've talked about him. Um, and then you've got all these freshmen, Carnell Tate, who's been here since the spring, who looks really, really good. Brandis Ennis, be, Noah Rogers. I mean, I think Carnell Tate is going to be something special at Ohio State, man. Yeah. And he's, he, he he's, says, got, he's got a heads up over the other freshmen because he early enrolled. Did you hear what, uh, I mean, Hartline's making all, there's all kind of quotes out there about Hartline. Basically he's saying, you know, he's the real deal and he's ahead of everybody else coming in at his, uh, you know, his age. I expect him to get some playing time. Do I think he's going to be the number three starting game one? That's hard to tell because, I mean, Julian Fleming, even though he's not been great, he's still been good. I mean, he he's probably not, you know, performed up to the ability that we all thought he was as a, as a high five-star recruit, but um, he's at least been in the system for a long time, and he's someone that if he can get these drops in order um, and be a little more electric after the ball, I mean, he's... He, I don't I don't know. You know, I think that's just as interesting of a storyline as the quarterback one is. See, I think he's going to I don't know, man. Every year I look for Julian Fleming to break out. And it just hasn't happened like that. And, you know, I think now we're looking at a couple of classes coming in right now to where you're looking at another situation. I keep reminiscing about, you know, when bobbleheaded Chris Olave, that's what I'm going to call him uh, because he looked like a pencil with a gigantic helmet on. Uh, when he first came to Ohio State and started getting a little bit of playing time. But you could tell from day one, we were all saying, man, this guy's going to be something if he can put a couple pounds on. Um, you know, and he was. I think we're going to start seeing that similar situation this year, man. And I think if Fleming doesn't really step up, man, and and put a stamp on that, I think he's going to see his playing time go down, not up. I agree with that. And I, I think this is the make or break here for him, obviously. I mean, you would think there would be a fire lit under his ass with all of the competition behind him saying, Hey, listen, man, you're, you know, a hair better or, you know, it's just, it's so close. Like, you know, you could lose your spot at any time. And that we have, we have such an embarrassment of riches in a wide receiver room right now that you've got to find a way to play these guys, especially the young freshmen in some facet, because if you don't at least start getting them on the field a little bit, as good as they are, I worry they're going to turn around and transfer. So keep them interested. Yeah, you got you got to keep them happy. But I'm not saying put them out there and they're not ready just because, you know, hey, we want to play the young guys. But if you really feel like they're that good, they need to be seeing the field. And that's a whole nother ball game, a whole nother podcast we probably hit on about Ohio State's lack of playing young players. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sitting here. I shouldn't have had that long of a pause in between there, but I'm just kind of playing it in my head right now. And you're right. I mean, we really don't play a lot of young players. And that's that goes back to something that I said, dude. It's experience also, but it's also 
a partial loyalty thing. I feel like we lean towards playing upperclassmen regardless of skill level sometimes. You know, there might be a younger player on campus that's equal or greater in skill value, but since the older guy has more experience, he ends up playing. And I think we got to break that chain a little bit. And we've done that a lot more often on the offensive side of the ball. And that's why we get better offensive uh, recruiting. Because that's that's a key point in the recruitment process when you're talking to a kid and letting him know, hey, just because you're a freshman doesn't mean you're going to be waiting the bench until it's your turn. If you prove you can play, you can earn your way on the field. We've seen it with several players. Defense, I can tell you one player that started as a true freshman over the past, gosh, I don't know, handful of years, and it's Denzel Burke. And that's only because the cornerback room was so weak that they didn't even have an option. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Sonny Styles should have played a hell of a lot more than he did last year. It just doesn't happen, dude, at, at Ohio State. And I don't know. You know, I haven't really focused on every team around the country to say if that's a, uh, the mantra. I can tell you, Georgia started several freshmen, especially on the defense, all game long. So what do you think their their recruitment pitch is? They can yeah. negatively recruit Ohio State all day long and say, hey, you know, just because you're a freshman doesn't mean you're going to be riding pine for the first year or two. You know, we, we've started freshmen that started all year long on a national championship team. Come here and you have a chance to start at every position, regardless of age at all times. I agree. Now I'm not going to sit there and say that I'm in the, you know, in that much in the know in the meetings and everything and saying, okay, just because they're young, they should be playing. Like if they don't know the playbook yet, I understand not putting them on the field, but that's your job as a coach is to get them prepared as quickly as possible. Now I understand there's a huge jump from high school to college football, but some of these kids are coming in a lot more college ready than they ever used to because of all of the seven on sevens and uh, all of the uh, transferring that they can do in in high school to these other competitive leagues and all this extra stuff they're getting to do. They're coming in more college ready than ever. Well, dude, so I don't t- say that that's true. That's true across all sports, man. And, you know, I kind of experienced it a little bit with my daughter, you know, like when you and I were growing up, Davis, there was like three or four travel baseball teams in the whole city. Right. And now there's. A hundred and there's a camp every weekend and there's a, you know what I mean? Like it's just so much more accessible than it was. Remember like it used to be like a big deal. If you went to Ron golden baseball school or big league baseball school around here. And now it's like, they're a dime a dozen dude. The instructions out there, uh, everybody's trying to make an extra dollar on hitting lessons and pitching lessons. And like kids come into, you know, and, and this is any sport I'm using baseball right now, but any sport. So they come so much more ready, so much more skilled by the time they get to that next level. Yeah, I I agree, man. And I just know that we're bringing in so much good young talent. And I think maybe maybe my biggest pet peeve, uh, especially what we saw last year, is why aren't we at least playing them in garbage time? And why aren't we playing meaningful snaps in garbage time? Like if you think last year, man, there were some times that we're up by four or five scores and we still have the starters in in the second half. First of all, you're wearing the starters out. And second of all, you're not putting any of that young talent on the field and giving them experience and giving them the opportunity to, hey, even if they don't know everything at that point, you're up by four or five scores. Let them get, let them out loose out there. Let them see what they can do. Because I mean, something I, might click there and accelerate their learning. I 75% agree with you. The 75% I agree on is that, uh, you know, yes, we need to get the new guys in. And the biggest thing I agree on is that they, they need we need to get them on the field and do meaningful stuff. Not yes. hand the ball off yes. and hold your block as a wide receiver. 100% like, agree with that. Meaningful snaps, not, yes. you know, H-back dive, H-back dive, H-back dive, H-back dive. The only caveat to that is that, uh, you know, and I'm sure that you're going to agree with this when I say it, but, you know, 
at some point in the season, the starters need to stand for four quarters because that's what it may take to win a game at some point. You know, I don't want them conditioned to play three quarters. Yeah, I get that. And I don't think that's as big of a worry as it is for me because, you know, let's say someone goes down and you haven't really hardly played them all year or in the following year and they haven't had those meaningful experience snaps. So, you know, the learning curve has to be so much bigger early on. It's true. I, mean, I that, just don't want to lose a game because of conditioning. Because everybody else has been playing four quarters, we've been playing three, and so when we're tired, you know, we're too well, tired. Well, it, it, it's there's two different sides of the spectrum. They play too much, they get tired legs throughout the season, injuries, more prone to injuries, and therefore by the end of the season, they don't have their best. That's why you saw a different Ohio State team when we played Georgia last year because we had a month off. Finally, got the player, you know, a handful of players healthy and rested and ready to go, and we look like a different football team than we did against Michigan. I mean, it's definitely a fine line. The only difference is uh, my line is made of stuff that's right and yours is made of stuff that's incorrect. You see what I'm saying? No, I it's don't. It's the same line. I don't. I don't. I think you're looking in a mirror. <laughs> so the last thing I'll say about camp before we move on to what we're going to mainly talk about uh, on this episode is Lincoln Kineholtz. So I have also heard through the wire that Lincoln Kineholtz is impressing beyond anything what people expected him to be. Um. He obviously we talked about him a little bit last episode and how much of an athlete he is. I mean, he's the national, you know, high school boy athlete of the year. I mean, he was three sport athlete running basically South Dakota. And apparently he's come in and he has wild people. And I know we talked about, you know, it's going to be really difficult for him to see the field. And I don't think he can get into the top two of the depth chart. But if you're being realistic as the season goes along, at some point, does he get some sort of opportunity? I think it depends on who the starter is. And I'd be or how well the starter plays. That too. To be honest, I think if Devin starts, if Devin ends up being the starting quarterback, I think he's got less of a chance to play. I just think that, you know, he's going to be cemented in that position. If he ends up being the starter um, for this year, and next year, for sure. Uh, you can guarantee that. So I think his look is going to a little bit more. He, he would be better off. Um, if McCord starts and then he beats out, um, what's his name that I can't even speak right now next year. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he may get a few looks this year. I think he may get some looks this year, but I'm saying like, I think he has a better chance at being the quarterback at Ohio state. Um, if McCord starts this year. Yeah. I mean, we can play a lot of what if, but I really, well, that's what we do. Davis. This is a podcast. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's, it's my line that I was telling you about. My line is right. You see what I'm saying? All right, I'm starting to see. I'm starting to understand where you're coming from now. (laughs) So ultimately, all I'm saying is this, at least in the very least, I hope that Lincoln Kineholtz does get a chance to see some action this year in garbage time. And you never know. Take the train wheels off. Let him do a little bit. And if he flashes a little bit, it could be an option down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, I mean, we had this conversation, dude. We had this conversation, and I'm not going to mention any names because I get sick when I mention it, um, but a certain quarterback that came in here and then transferred back to Texas. Um, what I'm saying is we talked about it while he was here. You have a Ferrari in the garage, dude. Let's freaking drive it. It doesn't have to be your day-to-day, bud. You can still drive it. Drive it and see what it's got, man. You know what I mean? Like I don't know why we waste those opportunities here. Let's see what it is. And then we'll have a little bit better idea of what's going on. And maybe, you know, that changes things a little bit. If you can really see what a guy can do, you know, 
in a game time situation, you know, under a little bit of pressure or like you said, taking meaningful slaps snaps in games. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that would tell the story so much. We And I think fans would be a little bit less. What if? Oh, you know, we don't know what he's going to be. We don't know what he's going to be. If you saw Kineholtz get a couple of meaningful snaps in some good games, throw a couple of ropes on the field, you might be like, hey, man, I think he's the guy next year, and I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great point that you brought up and why we have so many question marks this year because of the lack of game experience that we saw last year from both Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. And obviously, you know, you don't take a whole lot of stock in the spring game, and Devin Brown wasn't even playing in that game. So, you know, it... It, it leaves us, I guess, nervy about the whole situation because, I mean, for the first time in a long time, I mean, I, it's kind of a quarterback where we've had a lot more question marks than answers. I mean, as far back as maybe after Braxton Miller got hurt and JT Barrett coming in as a freshman, that's the last time I can remember having this much of a question mark at quarterback. Yeah, I'm just going through it in my head, but I, I can't think of another time. Yeah. No, because Dwayne Haskins, you know, we knew he was going to be good. We saw him come in and save us against Michigan when JT Barrett went down. We knew Justin Fields was going to be really good. I didn't know if he was going to be that good, but we knew he was going to be good. And then Stroud, we've seen enough out of him. I mean, he was a little bit of a question mark, but, I mean, he proved himself pretty quick. But really, this time, I have no idea. I mean, Kyle McCord can go out there and give a run at the Heisman. He can go out there and stink it up. Or it might be Devin Brown, and it may not even be Kyle McCord. Like, <laughs> A huge question mark still. And so far, I mean, besides Lincoln Kineholtz, I haven't even heard a, a drip about either one of those other quarterbacks yet. No, not a thing. Uh, you know, Ryan Day's being Ryan Day, dude. We don't know anything. And you know what's funny is every single day they talk about, um, you know, the certain people that think that this uh, quote-unquote quarterback competition is going to go a little bit farther than we think it is, longer than we think it is, to where it's not going to be released until right before the season starts or, you know, even on the on game day. You know, and I don't know that that's true, but I can see it. The more I think about Ryan Day and how close he is to the vest with everything, I, I could see it. Right. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, so it was funny because one of our pre, I think it was our last episode, wasn't it? We were just talking about the possibility of expansion. Oh, yeah. And we were, we were namely talking about Oregon and Washington. And sure enough, I mean, minutes after we probably recorded, not minutes, but it was pretty quick. They actually confirmed it. So we are now in 2024 next year. We're going to be at 18 teams. So we now have the addition of not only USC and UCLA, but also Oregon and Washington. And I don't anticipate any other changes for next year. I'm not going to say it's impossible. Uh, I still have a lot more doubts about anything happening with the ACC. And I do not believe we have any interest in bringing on Stanford or Cal or Oregon state or Washington state at this point. So, um, it's I truly not, believe that uh, the last two spots are reserved, and I mean that seriously. I understand where you're coming from, but we're going to talk for the rest of this segment as if we're just at 18 for now. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. So it's got us thinking because uh, a few episodes ago, we talked when they released the Big Ten schedule for the 2024 year. Obviously, this was a couple months ago. And it pissed me off. Go on. Yeah, so they got rid of divisions, and it's going to be a round-robin with some sort of flex-plus plan or something like that, whatever they called it, to where you have certain opponents that you're going to be playing each year home and away, and then some protected ones, and then some other ones that you rotate every four years. Some Pretty complicated, to be honest with you. I mean, unless you have the chart up in front of you, I couldn't even tell you half of it. Um, 
But obviously the biggest part of it was getting rid of divisions. And there was going to be enough rotation with 16 teams that you'd be able to see enough of the other teams uh, over a span of two years or four years. So that way a round robin could still be close to a true round robin. You wouldn't obviously play everyone every single year, but you play enough to where you're still potentially going to get the two best teams in the Big Ten championship game. I, I think I, it was set up for four, if I remember correctly, because I think now they're saying it's eight. Say that again now. I think it was set up for a four year round robin. You said two or four years. I think it was set up that you play everyone. Uh, within the four years and the right. second one and now they're saying it would be eight before you play okay that then that could be correct i mean you know i, I kind of i know i looked at it at the time and i think we tried to make some sense of it but you know it, it was a little bit complicated but i can guarantee this all that work they did they can just go ahead and roll that paper up into a ball and throw it in the trash can because now adding washington and oregon for next season that's not going to work and I think even that format, in my opinion, is questionable because now you're at 18 and it's going to be so much harder to rotate around to everyone round robin style within enough time to get accurately the two best. Because, I mean, the teams that we've added, I mean, if you think about it, USC now, not lately, but over the last couple of years has been really good. UCLA is on the come up with Chip Kelly. The two Pac-12 teams that came that actually made the CFP is both Oregon and Washington. So we essentially have gained four really good teams. I'd say maybe three really good teams. UCLA can hit or miss, but we've essentially gained some really good teams, right? And if all of those same top teams, I'm talking Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, possibly Wisconsin, possibly Nebraska, if Matt Rule is as good as he, you know, we think he might be, uh, potential of another random team uh, playing well in any given year in those four teams, it, not all those teams are going to be playing each other each year. And there's a good chance you might have two, three, four of those teams with very similar records that didn't have head-to-heads. So it's going to be really difficult, I think, to get just your top two after an eight, nine-game conference uh, season out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they have to go divisions. Have to. So do they? Well, I decided I think to so. take and geographically some time. It's set up that way. Well, I decided to take some time and I wrote up some different things that I think are potentially possible. Some of these might be a little far-fetched. Now, hold on. Are they possible or are they better? Either. Are they better than division? Well, it's going to depend upon, after I say it, how you feel about it. I mean, we'll, we'll spark I'm some discussion you with feel it. About it. Do you feel well, like some of the, something you come up with is better than two uh, an East and a West division? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. So let me go ahead and let's let's go through this. I'm not going to go in any particular order. I just kind of scratched down a bunch of stuff here. So let's talk about just what you stated there. Going back to two divisions, an East and a West, and you make it purely geographical. Um, so that way you're keeping a lot of the integrity of what the past um, – the past divisions have been, which has been unfair. It's been heavily East biased. You know, the, all the good teams are on the East side. So essentially what you're going to do is you're going to add those four teams, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington to the West. Um, and then you would just move two from the West over geographically it would probably be something like Purdue and Illinois. So on the East, you would have Ohio state, Michigan, Indiana, Rutgers, Michigan state, Maryland, Penn state, Purdue, Illinois. West would be Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern, USC, Nebraska, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. Case closed. Now, however, they do say they want to play. Now, again, this may be something else they throw away, but they claim that we want to do nine conference games. 
If you do nine, you play eight games within your own division. So you play every person in your division once. That leaves room for one crossover game. And the problem with that is a lot of these deals and these conference realignment and stuff is these better matchups, right? If you have that, then even if you do a home and away, that means for two years you might get a home and away with USC. Then you'll have to rotate them out, and then you might get a home and away with UCLA. And then you rotate them out, and then you get a home and away with Oregon, and then rotate them out, and then a home and away with Washington and rotate them out, or however you may do it. You may even not just do directly home and away back-to-back seasons. But the opportunity to play some of these new Big Ten teams or even just your typical Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, stuff like that is going to be very few and far between. So some it's really going to limit your matchups from one division to the other when you have this setup. I think yep, that is a you're gonna big see the issue. Best team. You're going to see the best team in the Big Ten championship game. Um. I mean, it, it'll be better than what it has been. Absolutely. I agree with that. But do I'm I just saying you're going to get could... a crossover and a game versus a Big Ten champion if you make it there. But you're you're really limiting how many crossover games that you can play a lot more than it is now, because now there's three crossover games. So now you're going to be going to just one crossover game. So when you only have one a year, it's going to really limit who you play from the east uh, from the East Division or the West Division. And when they want some of these big matchups, because I got a lot of things to say already. So I I don't, I'm not saying that's the bad option, but I see a big problem with that because you're limiting the ability. I mean, I want to see Ohio State USC. Well, it's not a problem. It's just what you, it's not what you want. What do you think the average Ohio State fan wants? Do you think they want to see us play USC, you know, pretty often? Well, to be totally honest with you, if they never rolled out this new model that they were talking about, Ohio State fans wouldn't be saying anything right now other than who's going to be in what division. So I don't really think it's a problem. We're making it one. It never existed. All right. So, again, in no particular order, the next option is create four divisions within the Big Ten. Now, I understand that you can't do that evenly, but that does bring up the point that you said where we're still, we still have two in holding. And I think that they can fill in wherever they're already expecting the possibility for that to happen. So let's just say, I mean, I'll just throw it out there. Um, in no particular order. I mean, and you can rotate these divisions around however you want. I'm just going to say it to be saying it. But let's say Division One would be Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers, Far East. Then more towards, you know, the, the middle, uh, not as – still kind of on the east, but more in the middle would be Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Indiana, Illinois. The next division over would be Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska. And then finally your West Coast division is US, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Now, if they stick with nine conference games, each one of those teams will have three or four division games that they have to play, and all the other ones will be crossovers, which means there's more opportunity to rotate and have better games. And then what you do is actually shorten the season by one game, not shorten a season, but shorten your schedule games by one, and your last conference game will be the top will be the top four division will play in a semifinal game. Okay. To defer to de- determine who the top two big 10 championship teams are. The other teams based upon their position in the, in the division will then play against a like place team from a different division to give them an extra game. So let's say for example, Ohio state wins division one, Michigan wins division two, Wisconsin wins division three and USC wins division four based upon rankings. However, they want to determine that 
One will play against four, two plays against three, while the other Big Ten teams are playing against like uh, ranked division opponents from other divisions. So there's your last conference game. But it's just not scheduled who you're playing or where. But that block week is is blocked off for that game to happen. So it's still regular season. You follow? This is crazy, dude. <laughs> what? Do, does it not make some sort of sense to where? No, uh, it now, does it's, not. You absolutely okay. lost me. I almost fell asleep. Really? What the hell happened? That was like a four minute scenario. Listen, you know how badly I, I don't I don't want to get copyrighted, but I was going to try to find the video clip from basketball where the guy was trying to do. <laughs> Where the guy from ESPN was trying to explain the playoff. <laughs> no, it was more like, have you ever seen The Ringer? When Johnny yeah. Knoxville is trying to explain it. And he's got the whiteboard out. And he's like, like going across the thing. And everybody's like, all right, wrap it up. You know what I mean? Like, gee, many Christmas, dude. I thought you were going to give me like two easy scenarios. Either we split it into five or we split it into three. I don't even know what you just said. Well, I was trying to explain why it's divided into four. Because essentially, at the end... You lost me at it. It's not even teams. You can't do it then, so... Well, you could once we add two more, once you have 20. But we didn't, so now we can't do it, so... Well, I still think it's a possibility. But you checked out early on that one, so we'll move on. Dude, I checked. That was way... I feel like I just did long division. All right, so... I don't even know where I am. So let me tell you this. (laughs) This next one, I feel like, is more doable. It does sound weird. But it also is on the premise that your last game of the regular season is open. You don't know your opponent because it will depend upon, let's say the the, the schedule's 13 weeks long, right? It'll depend upon the first 12 weeks, where you're at in your division, because this one will have divisions. um, And that will determine the last week who you play. Because part of that last week will be a seed seeded matchup of the top division people. And then eventually after that last week, the top two will then go to the Big Ten championship game. Okay? Same premise. So what if we, because we're at 18, what if we have three divisions? We have an east, a middle, and a west. You have six teams in each. And Ohio State, Michigan, um, Rutgers, Indiana... Uh, Maryland, I mean, the same East division we have now, almost the same division. I think we have to give up one team. Uh, They can move over to the next division, which would be your Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, whatever. And then basically Nebraska is probably closest over, and then maybe Iowa is closest over, and they go to the West. So you have three divisions of six. And if you have, say, nine conference games and we leave that last week open for a conference game. Then you have eight. So you're playing five within your division and three crossovers. And then you leave the last week open for say, and your top winner from each division from one, two and three, and then one wild card, whoever's the highest ranked team with the best record that didn't win their division gets to the top four, one plays four, two plays three in that last week. And then all the other teams will play like opponents from other, the other divisions. I mean, it's interesting. Why don't you just add another conference game to what we already have and split it in the East and West? You get two crossover games. So you're talking that, 10, 10 conference games? Yeah, and here's the deal. What is a lot, do? man. Yeah, it's but a that lot. Puts, it puts pressure on a certain school um, that's going to have 18 teams that aren't going to want to play it every year. So I, I've kind of rattled off a lot of info here, and I've, you've kind of given me like a short, I'm giving you that. the short synopsis because you're giving I feel me the like short synopsis back because you're not on board with anything, it's which is way fine. Too, way, way, way too out there. 
I don't like you, you have, have to be, to be this creative with this many teams. Because See, I don't think there's... so. I don't want to do a playoff within a playoff. I don't want to do any of that. Shit. It's not really to... a playoff within a playoff. I don't really want to. Do... I, I don't want to do that. I think it's too much. I think I just want to do. I don't understand why we can't just do division. Now we could do three. Di- you could do a three division. Um, if you really wanted to do that, if that was the, to me, that's the the JV place thing where you just have three divisions. Um, maybe the team that wins the division that has the best record, or something like that, or some kind of tiebreaker gets a bye. The other two play, and then one plays again for the Big Ten title. I mean, I guess you could do that, but it, the problem is this, dude: you can't do any of it and keep it fair and even for everybody. Somebody's going to be short a game. Somebody's going to have. It's just, I, I just no, don't no, think that it's that right. That way, then no one's short a game. I think the most unfair one is the first one we mentioned, where it's just East and West with nine teams in each. Because no, it kind of is. Because if you're in one of the three divisions, right, and maybe you're in a crappy division that year where everybody sucks, but you've beat all your teams in there. But really, we know the better team is Ohio State or Michigan. Um, and then you end up getting a bye week because of the fact that you're undefeated or something like that. You haven't had to go through the gauntlet. Now, all of a sudden, you're making a team that's probably a better team play another game. That's why I'm saying there should be the three division winners and one wild card. So if it is Ohio State, Michigan are clearly the best two and one goes through because they won the division, the other one gets the wild card spot. So they still have an opportunity. So there is no buys. I'm and just that's of a different and, and, thing, dude. I don't. I wouldn't want to put our conference through that. I do not want our conference. As a matter of fact, to be honest, if we could, if we didn't have to have the Big Ten championship game, I wouldn't have it. That's my that's my opinion. Well, the I last don't want the my last option. Up. The last option is just sticking with the same thing they talked about before. They just reorganize to add the two extra teams, and they do a complete random round robin with protected opponents and try to rotate it as best they can. Well, did you like that plan? Um, I like the fact the divisions were gone, but let me ask I'm you not this. excited with the fact that there's some teams that you can avoid over a two-year span. Are you more on the side of you're just trying to do whatever you can to get the best, the most, I guess there's no way, I don't know how to say this, the most best matchups that you can get every year, or are you looking at what is the most viable option for the conference? I guess because I think those are two different things here. Well, I do want the two best teams in there, and I guess that sounds like a little. It sounds like you know a lot of people say that, but I guess maybe more my reason is it is difficult and tough when the best two teams in the Big Ten have constantly been in the Big Ten East, and you know then you get a cakewalk to the Big Ten championship game. And well, let me put it this way: so let just let me give you two very brief scenarios here, and let me see if you okay. So say that. Um, would you be more happy if they split it into divisions, Ohio State and Michigan are on the same side, okay, you got one crossover game, and then you're playing a Big Ten championship game, so you're essentially playing two teams from the other division, or would you be more happy where it's mixed all up to where you have more of a chance of playing more teams from that side? There's more of a chance for you to get USC. Like, which one of those appeals to you more? I would rather be mixed up. See, so and that's I'm, what I'm getting at. I think I'm, you're thinking about wh- what's better for your match. It's the same thing like we talked about playing bowl games in, in December and shit that you want to do. It's the fan in you, dude. I don't think it's the it, I don't think it's the I guess the best thing for the conference. I think it's the best thing for Ben Davis. <laughs> well, the best thing for me, both can be true. It could be the best thing for me and the best thing for the conference. I don't know, man. I, I just don't think that that's a viable option. I, I just don't. think you can't have nine teams on each division. And have some 
sort of continuity with enough different teams playing within the conference. Because essentially what we're doing is we're almost firing half of the Big Ten and sending them to the Pac-12, and both divisions are playing sep- both conferences are playing separately, and then the best Big Ten against the best, best Pac-12 play, which is still the same boat that the Big Ten East has been in over the last handful of years where maybe the best two teams are in the Big Ten East, and whoever comes out on top is going to play the third you, or fourth dude. best team. That I'm telling you, when dude, you have two divisions, the best two teams are not always going to be in the Big Ten championship so just game. I guarantee you that. Game. Out of conference game. Who cares? And stop playing out of conference. But it, only one or two crossovers is still not enough to hit nine teams on the other division. I understand you're not going to be able to play all of them. It is. It's, it takes you right back down to four years. But not enough in, in any given year. There's other ways to spread it out more in any given year to where it's a little bit. Well, it's not fair to say that. Within a couple years. There's more spread than that. You have, I guess you have I to have to be more of an ability. In my opinion, you have to have more of the ability to play crossover if you have divisions. That's why three divisions sounds best to me in this in this entire scenario that we've been talking about here. It is, but I don't want to play off before our playoff. They've already expanded the playoffs, dude. If you get in, you're going to have to play more football games, meaningful football games. But, the, but what I'm saying is not adding a playoff. What I'm saying is let's say you have 12 regular season games, right, in a regular season – with the three division format, you only have eleven. Essentially, you still have twelve regular season games, but your twelfth, your twelfth is actually the the semifinal. So know, therefore, you're then thinking you go to, your, to the Big Ten championship game after that. I know, but do you understand what you're proposing? You're proposing basically we play every single good team in the entire Big Ten, get the beat out of us, whether we win or lose, then play a fucking semi round robin tournament within our own division to win that, then get into an extended playoff and play Georgia and Alabama all the way to the end. That's what you think that's going to happen, and that's going to be good for the conference? Hell no. We need to find the easiest route to get to the playoffs, dude. I'm about hard work. Oh, you so now about you're telling play. me what's best for Chad and not best I'm telling you what's division. best for the team, what's best for the longevity <laughs> of Ohio State. Don't you want to go through some sort of gauntlet like apparently the SEC has to go through? No, I don't. Why would I want to? Let them kick the shit out of each other, dude. I'm trying to get to the playoffs <laughs> and win some hardware. Uh, I don't – you know, that's a whole nother discussion about the playoffs with you know when it expands what's the realistic opportunity we think that we should be making it every single year but i guess you know this is not something that i could sit here and decide obviously you know within a couple hours that i sat and jotted some stuff down let alone i couldn't imagine how long it's going to take for them the big 10 conference to discuss all this and try to figure out what's best i mean they're going to take input from the colleges from the athletic directors coaches i mean that that it's gonna be a long process to try to figure out what's best i mean obviously they got enough input back for what they released to us a couple months ago was good so it may not look that much different than that they may not try to fully reinvent the wheel and just find a way to have to scratch it and just go back to redivide teams around just to add the other two i mean they may, and then they, and they may do that i i just don't think it's the simplest way to do it and i think it's way too complicated and like we talked about before I also think it's not fair. As we talked about, there's teams with uh, several protected games and, and some with none. And that's that right there is a big downfall for creating more of a big super conference is when you're starting to have so many teams and so many limited games that you play in a season, getting to the final best two is not going to be ideally what happens every year, no matter which way you do it. Because some team is going to get an easier walk through, aka let's look at Georgia's schedule this year, um, than other teams. So 
there's no one right way to do this, but you know, I, I think if they can try to be a little more creative and I mean, let's be honest. I know we want to be in the playoff and I, I'm not saying that we all as Ohio state fans want a cakewalk. I'm not saying I want that, but I'll say, yeah, I don't want to have to go through a gauntlet, but I do want some of these matchups. I want to go to Oregon. I want USC to come to Ohio state in freaking November. I do, but you know something, dude? You're going to get the best. You're going to get one crossover game, and you're going to get a Big Ten championship game versus whoever's the best on that side. That's two yeah. every year. Yeah, I mean, at the, at and the end. And on top it, of that, yeah, you're getting a Michigan State. You're getting a Michigan. You're getting a Penn State every year on but top of but two there's crossover still, there's still no safety hatch for being the second best team in the conference but being in the same division. And more games. But that the, the, I understand where you're, you're. I understand where you're coming from, but you're still not hearing me. Again, what if Ohio State, Michigan are the best two, and they're in the same division? If you have divisions, you are not going to get the best two. Well, do you honestly think that any other sport produces the best teams that are in the sport to to the playoffs? They don't. I mean, just look at it right now. We were just talking about baseball the other day. Now my team sucks, but if you really look at the landscape of it. They'd be in first or second place in most of the other divisions, but they're in last place in theirs. That's the way the cookie crumbles, bud. Right, but that's also why baseball created a wild card. They were created two. Yeah, exactly, and they even expanded to an extra wild card. And do you, and do you and still, still enjoy the? Do you, but do you still enjoy watching baseball playoffs? Absolutely. I mean, I do, but I'm just saying this. I I don't I don't believe that we should be planning to protect the people that didn't win. And also, what this does, dude, just puts so much more meaningful. Um, you know, drama on the game and and the end of November. I, that part I do agree with. And the, the thing that we had discussed in the past, why we didn't like Ohio state, Michigan, possibly playing in back-to-back weeks, um, is not because we don't want to play them twice. It's for the fact that we want that game to mean something Thanksgiving weekend. And splitting to two divisions to me is the only way that you're is okay. I shouldn't say the only way. It is the best way to avoid playing them multiple times. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The best way to not play multiple times, but I do I do not feel that's the best way to get the best two in. I don't want the best two in. I want the best winners in. I want the, the people that won in. I mean Because we'll, dude, think we'll, about we'll, the divisions. I know what you're saying now, but that was but I think you're talking about a big ten that had Wisconsin leading the other side. It's not that like that anymore. It just changed. Like, you're not talking about getting in, oh, a Wisconsin, who you know get beat by 90% of the SEC. You're not talking about that now. You're talking about Oregon. You're talking about USC. You're talking about big-name teams, dude. You're not talking about the same stuff. So I don't feel that way anymore. I really don't feel like, you know, I would I would be that pissed off if a, a one-loss USC gets in over a one-loss Michigan, and maybe you think Michigan's better. I, I'd like – that's not as bad to me as it was before. I feel like we're more in line now because of the teams we got. Well, let's wrap this up. I, I mean, we could be, we could discuss this till you know we're dead in the dirt. But, we're going to, um, and I'm probably going to die later. Yes, same. <laughs> Let me ask you this: for those of you that are listening, if you have some sort of scenario or something that you think would work best for finding a way to schedule 18 teams in the Big Ten starting next year. Shoot us a message on Facebook, man. Uh, if we, I'll tell you what. What we'll do is uh, if we find something we like, we'll give you a shout-out on the next episode uh, or in a couple episodes from now and you know, kind of share your thoughts on that because I think this is a very interesting topic with very polarizing views on one way or the other. And obviously, you know, both me and Chad are on different aspects of how we feel like this schedule should look too. So, 
you know, I, I feel like there's going to be people that are going to be pleased with the way it may look. People that are probably going to be disappointed. But either way, uh, if you think you got um, some good ideas, uh, you know, shoot us a message on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear it. Um, reach out to us, guys. Like, we'd love to hear anything. If you got any suggestions for the show, anything you want to hear, anything you want to hear us talk about, you got comments after you listen to the podcast, questions after you listen to the podcast, um, shoot us a message, man. We'd love to address it. Yeah. Also, I know it's a little bit late in the episode if you're still listening, but we have been working on something. Uh, we will let you know when it is time. Uh, actually, we have a couple things in the works that are going to be exciting. So uh, hopefully we'll get to reveal some of this stuff over the next few weeks. But, uh, you know, we're expanding, getting better, doing more things, and you'll start to see that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, if you don't have anything else, Davis, tell them where they can find us. All right, guys, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, we also have our Facebook page, like I mentioned earlier, as well as Twitter. So reach out to us. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, you know, share some of the some of the ideas and thoughts that you guys have. And we just we really appreciate. I mean, we've been seeing our numbers lately since football's kind of starting to amp back up, and our numbers are really climbing. So we really appreciate everyone that listens to us. Um, and until next time, guys. As always, go Bucks. Oh, H.